Good morning, Gabby. How are you? I'm good. So, who are we talking to today? So, today we're talking to Brooke Squires. She actually okay. studied global supply chain here at BYU. Awesome. And did she graduate? She's still a student? Um, she is graduated. She works now at Sunrise Technologies as a supply chain consultant. Wow. Which is pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty elite. Where did she grow up? She grew up in Pittsburgh, in the East Coast. Okay. Yes. Okay, we got an East Coast girl. Yeah, but she did high school here in Utah and then went to BYU. Okay. Yeah. So this is our How to Get the International Internship podcast. So did Brooke do an internship? Yeah, so Brooke interned in China, actually. So we're going to talk to her today about what her interactions were like with the Chinese people and the Chinese culture while she interned in China. That sounds great. I'm stoked about it. Let's get into it. Well, thank you for joining us today, Brooke. To start us off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, your background, education, career goals? Yeah, sure thing. So I grew up actually in Pittsburgh, out on the East Coast, but then ended up moving out to Utah for high school and went to school at BYU. I studied global supply chain in the business school. I had a few internships and then uh, upon graduating, took a job as a supply chain consultant at Sunrise Technologies. We implement Microsoft technology, specifically ERP systems. So I've done three implementations. I'm working on my third implementation so far. I've done one in New York City, one in Sydney, Australia. And now actually the one I'm working on is with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake City. So it's been some great experience so far. That's very cool. Okay, you went on an internship to China, is that right? Yes. How did you get the internship itself to China? How did that process all work out? No, great question. So it was actually completely networking. Mm-hmm. Um, networking in China is vital. It's really important. And I was actually lucky enough to know one of the VPs of the company I went to personally, her name was Sophie, and she was the one that uh, arranged everything and kind of opened up a spot that I could come in and, and take and learn from. So I was lucky in that I had, you know, a personal connection to someone that was in a high spot to be able to do that. There's a lot of programs, I guess, that are available for those who are looking for opportunities in China. Networking is, you know, vital in China for sure. (laughs) What is the key to networking in China? Do you feel like you have to approach it differently than you network here in general? Yes, I would say so. They actually, so there's a Chinese word called guanqi, and that's the Chinese, I mean, it's pretty close to network, but it's kind of showing the level of trust and uh, connection that you have with people and that really is what opens doors in business in China I'd say in in America we're very transactional based you know we'll generally go with maybe the cheapest price and business dinners aren't as essential as they are that I saw in China but there was definitely I mean the importance is of like going to a business dinner and uh, connecting with them, like spending time with them, showing that you are committed to the relationship. I saw that all of those things had a much greater importance than they did here in the States. 
Yeah, building a real personal relationship with them. Yeah. Did you say how long you were uh, that on that internship for? Was it just a one semester thing? So it was the summer in between my junior year and my senior year of college. So it was about it was about three months that I was out there. Could you tell us a little bit more about like that experience of being there in the foreign country and like maybe speaking the language? That one semester of Chinese that I took was extremely helpful, just in, as far as being able to uh, communicate, even if it was at a very basic level with people, understand some of the characters. Uh, my Chinese professor talked a lot about, you know, the history and the culture. And even though it was a very kind of basic understanding or simple understanding, it was very helpful because it is a very different mentality in China. It's a very different way of looking at things, way of doing things. And even with what I knew, it was a little overwhelming at first. So is there anything you'd say that you wish you had known before you went out to your internship in China? Yes, definitely. First off, I wish that I had understood more of the relationships between specifically Taiwan and China. So the company I was working for was actually a Taiwanese-owned company who had factories in China. And it caused a lot of, let's see, kind of some cultural grief, grievances that I was not familiar with at all because of the relationship with Taiwan and China. And I wish that I had uh, understood a little bit more before I went. I also wish that I had understood the group mentality versus the individual mentality. So in the U.S., in the business environments, I think that we really strive for things that look good on our resume and show that we're adding value. And uh, we have a very individual, individualistic mindset. You know, at school, I always wanted to do something that would show that I was adding value or that I was doing a good job. And I did not see that in China. They're much more group oriented. And so it doesn't really matter to them as much what you do as an individual, but you need to work as a kind of cog in their system. So it's kind of like that the machine is running smoothly. And it was hard for me at first because I got there and, you know, I really wanted to do something that would show that I was, you know, adding value and that I was working hard. And I wish that instead I had understood that what they were wanting from me is just to kind of sit down and perform whatever task that they wanted from me. Like they didn't want me to go out and do something crazy, if that makes sense. So that was a little bit of a hard lesson for me to learn. That's interesting. So like when you did do things that kind of like, I guess an American style of uh, trying to add value and trying to do a lot just on your own, did they, like, how did you know that they didn't want that? Like, did they tell you or did they do like this sideline? Like, what's that, what is she doing? Like, why is she kind of step outside of this, this machine that we got going on? Like, what is, what, how did they communicate that to you? Very good question. So first off, I'll mention that they're not very direct in China. 
So even if I were to do something that was completely, you know, crazy or ridiculous, they would not tell me generally. They would, you know, tell you, they beat around the bush. So they would try to say something that will help you kind of deduce that that wasn't correct. But I don't think they would have ever told me directly. But but I, I deduced it. And I, so what I kind of did, I, I was getting kind of tired of, I wanted something that, you know, was going to make a difference and I wanted to like prove my value. And so I went out and kind of above and beyond and I was trying to find some websites that they could position themselves on to sell more products just to find more customers because they were always looking for new customers. And so I put together, you know, I found a lot of statistics and data and websites and some leads that they could go off of. And when I presented it, it was kind of like, oh, thank you. But then nothing really happened with it. And they didn't, they didn't ask questions that were probing that would have shown their interest, if that makes sense. And a big reason for that, which was kind of part of what I learned, is that they're very hierarchical there. So uh, decisions generally need to come from the top down in China. And so me as kind of a, I wasn't even had, I didn't even have a position really. I was kind of a miscellaneous like outsider coming and trying to give them advice. Uh, didn't really, it, it wasn't really going to happen, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I guess kind of like in that, in that same line of thought, like, because it does seem like they're kind of like a high context culture where you have to know what's kind of going on when they give you any kind of communication in general. Like when, when you were over there, um, do you think that there was, mis did you ever have miscommunication between you and someone else? And do you think it was because of like just them or do you think it was like the culture itself that was causing this mis miscommunication? Um, I was lucky in that they were very understanding with me. You know, uh, they would generally explain things pretty clearly and they understood if I did something that was unusual in their eyes because I was an outsider, I was a foreigner. But there was miscommunication, um, just especially with the language. I was actually surprised when I got out there how little English is spoken generally. I mean, the VPs, like the kind of, higher ups in the company spoke pretty well, but the general salespeople that I was working with um, didn't speak necessarily a lot or they would speak some, but kind of broken English sometimes. So it wasn't necessarily a problem with doing business tasks because those kind of came from the VPs or from people that spoke English pretty well. But just as far as, you know, arranging lunch or just kind of getting to know people there was definitely a lot of uh, actual language miscommunication where they were trying to tell me something in English mm -hmm. or and then I'd try to tell them something in Chinese and it just did not like we just didn't know what we were saying <laughs> things did not line up <laughs> yeah exactly so were they very strict on when you get to work or when you have to leave or like deadlines they had for different projects or were they more lenient about it? 
honestly, their work-life balance, I would say, is not a good balance, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, they they worked a lot of hours, honestly, and worked weekends even you know they were they were very busy and always had to respond to their emails and had to help someone answer a question and you know i think in the united states we're very individualistic and we want our free time as well you know we want our time our weekends and our evenings generally and to be able to plug like power off sometimes and just relax and I didn't see I mean I didn't see that as much in China they also don't have as much of an individual voice as we do in the United States as in you know if something's if they if they're miserable you know as I got to know some coworkers, they they were kind of upset with some of the things that they had to do, but they didn't, they wouldn't ever be able to like confront their boss about it. Like they're kind of expected to keep on plugging along. So I remember I had a driver, a uh, driver who would take me to the city, to Dongguan every Sunday to go to church. And one time his daughter came with us and I was asking her about her school. And she said, you know, that this was the one day of the month that she got off because she was studying for this test and so this was like her one vacation day and she was spending it you know driving me to Dongguan so that she could practice her English and that was kind of hard for me to take I think because I thought that I worked hard in high school but I still had <laughs> weekends <laughs> and you know I got to go do fun things with my friends and but that's just not as common, I would say, in China. So I'm curious, I guess it was in 2018 you went there, but did current events between like the U.S. and China ever influence your relationship or how you were perceived as an American while you were out there? Yes, actually. So summer 2018 was when some of the there were definitely some conflicts between the united states and china uh, under the trump administration at that time and there were actually some actions just during that summer that uh, likely kind of angered china and caused some bad relationships maybe some friction between those two countries while i was there actually the american dollar increased significantly in value and I remember uh, during my last couple weeks, my last big kind of monthly company meeting that I went to, I went and by then I could, I could usually understand the flow of a conversation, not the details, but I remember the president of that company got up there and was talking pretty angrily and very intensely and talking about the value of currency and about how they should kind of react and how we should they should be like negotiating certain things differently. And I remember kind of feeling a little uncomfortable sitting there because I mean, I was American, you know, and like, hoping kind of just like trying to duck down hoping no one saw me trying to be a fly on the wall a little bit. 
but you know, even though there were those macro economics things going on, I was really grateful in that it never seemed to impact my personal relationships with people. Um, people honestly treated me very kindly while I was there. They invited me to their homes on weekends and out to eat and uh, never really brought up the they're not they're not very direct or they're very like they avoid conflict so I, I actually don't it doesn't surprise me that they wouldn't bring it up but it never seemed to be a problem with um with the people I interacted with day to day they were they were very kind to me and so I I was really grateful for that that is pretty nice so like they the companies or like the bigger organizations may have viewed you a little differently because you're American but like on the individual one-on-one -on -one basis everyone was pretty pretty kind, pretty human, right? And yes, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Brooke, thanks so much for, for talking with us. It's been such a pleasure to, to learn more. Um, just kind of like as a closing question, what advice would you give to uh, any student or anybody that's curious or wanting to go over there as well? Yeah, um, my first advice would be to study some of the history. You know, China has a fascinating very long history and it's really good to understand some of the uh the why you know studying some of the history and understanding different things that have happened historically will help you understand why people act certain ways and then secondly i would say don't go in kind of with the western ego you know we i know as i'm saying things maybe some things sound kind of crazy or sound uh like oh man we have it figured out here but we definitely don't have everything figured out here you know there's in China they have a lot of strengths and things that I loved about the culture that we don't have necessarily um for example I mean even their diets and exercise like I was so impressed with their discipline towards just eating healthy and eating well and taking care of themselves and so I would just say you know go in with an open mind knowing that we don't have everything figured out uh neither do they I mean our worlds are just very different and just to go in kind of with the attitude of of learning and seeing the the pros and the strengths of that culture instead of just the differences Maybe you want to visit China. Yeah. Okay, so who do we have um, next week? Um, next week, we actually have Rezia Usman on the docket. It's going to be a full-length cultural conversation episode, and we're really stoked about it. Stay tuned. For more content from International Hub, go to internationalhub.org.